My name is Gracie. And I'm Abby. And today we have our very first guest on Good Morning Nancy today. Her name is Stacy Underwood, and she's a local designer and horror movie nerd. Welcome to the show, Stacy. Hi, guys. Nice to be here. Yay. Oh my gosh, it's so exciting. Stacy's design company is called Painted Doll Designs, and you can check out her work at www.etsy.com slash shop slash Painted Doll Designs. And we'll make sure to share a link in the show notes and on the blog so everyone can take a look at it. It's all so cute. So It's all so cute. Yeah. I love the Christmas ornaments are my favorite. Oh, my God. They're so They're so good. much fun. Yes. Everyone needs, like, horror Christmas ornaments. Yes, right? everyone does, especially, like, fans of our podcast. Yeah. So go get some. <laughs> get them all. I know. I love the creature from the Black Lagoon with the... The Santa hat. Oh, oh my yeah. God! Yes. <laughs> oh, so, so good. <laughs> All right, guys. So our movie today is the 1980 classic Stanley Kubrick film, The Shining, based on the popular novel by Stephen King. The movie stars Jack Nicholson, Shelley Duvall, Danny Lloyd, a very little Danny Lloyd, uh, and Scatman Crothers. The film was directed and produced and written by Stanley Kubrick, also written by Diane Johnson. All right. So before uh, Kubrick worked on this film, he worked on a movie called Barry Lyndon. I had never heard of it. I haven't seen it. I saw clips of it recently, and I was like, what is this? In Room 237, they show clips of it, right? They do, yes. I never knew what that what that was. I thought they were just from like maybe the the movie about Mozart, Amadeus. Oh <laughs> yeah, yes, that's what I thought too. I was like, oh. Um. But they're from Barry Lyndon, um, and of course that movie was a critical and commercial failure. Like nobody saw it. Nobody I haven't seen it. So poor Stanley Kubrick. Oh Aww. my god. So he wanted to make a movie that was successful, and so he actually like was like, okay, so what do people like? People like horror. Everyone watches horror. So he had somebody send him like all these horror novels, right, mm-hmm. to uh, to have him read, and he mm-hmm. would just like would read through them, read through them, and I guess like somebody said that he would throw them against the wall. When he yeah, was the secretary would hear a thump, and he would open up the next one, and a thump, and he wouldn't he wouldn't get very far in the books, but just throwing books. Right. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> that's crazy, right? That is. And then he was reading The Shining, and he thought, "This is my movie." So that's kind of cool. Um, the film had a slow start at the box office, but it eventually became a commercial success, uh, probably due to word of mouth. Yeah. Since yeah. it was a slow start. Uh, critics were so-so about the film, saying that the visuals were great, but the film was slow moving while the acting was kind of over the top. Uh, it was even nominated for two Razzie awards which you guys know are <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oscars. Yeah. yeah and I think that might have been the first like run of the Razzies from what I understand oh, so really? that might have been like the first go like here's the Razzies oh sorry Stanley oh shiny yep <laughs> and it wasn't even nominated for Oscars like at all no it wasn't even like whispered at the Oscars which oh is my too gosh bad. yeah uh yeah so despite the Razzie nominations though it is a huge classic it's a modern classic 
uh, I wouldn't even say it's a cult classic because it was commercially successful. So yeah. it is yeah. a classic. Like, yeah. everyone loves The Shining. Well, everyone knows the scene, too, of when Jack Nicholson, like, busts through the door with the axe. Yeah. So, like, everyone knows what it's from. Absolutely. So. Yeah. yeah. Nobody, I don't think anybody feels like it's stupid or campy or, you know, everyone thinks of it as a work of art. Really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And Kubrick described it in his biography as just a story about one man's family quietly going insane together. <laughs> Who we can all relate. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh. So Stacy, can you please explain the plot of The Shining? Okay. So it starts off with this beautiful, beautiful helicopter shot over some water and through some hills leading to the Overlook Hotel. Jack Torrance, played by Jack Nicholson, is interviewing with the Overlook's manager, Stuart Allman, for the position of winter caretaker. And, you know, Jack lets it be known that he's he's looking forward to the solitude at this hotel, which is very far away from humanity, basically. Yep. He's going to use this time to write. And Allman reveals a little bit of past about the Overlook, uh, you know, in 1970, I guess, Charles Grady developed cabin fever and chopped up his wife and two daughters and then killed himself. I mean, it happens. Yeah. A little bit I of history, mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, but, you know, Jack's like, meh, whatever. Yeah, the wife like will love it. not even phased by yeah, it. Yeah, crazy. Just a casual murder, you he's know. He's like, oh, Wendy, Wendy <laughs> loves ghost stories, so this is, this is good. Wild. Yeah. But hey, he, he needed work, I guess. I guess so. Yeah. Uh, we learned, yeah. we also There's learned no that he's like, there. he's an out of work teacher at the time. That's kind of all that we get from that. So he's yeah. like, you know what? Taking a break from teaching, going to write a novel. Perfect. Yeah. And then what happens? So then, um, you know, Allman really stresses that he's concerned about isolation and Jack and his family getting cabin fear and it happening all over again. No, no, it's not going to happen again. <laughs> so then we move over to um boulder colorado where we are introduced to jack's wife wendy Mm -hmm. who's played by shelly duvall also known as um she was like olive oil and popeye she totally looks like that oh my god i forgot about that yeah Oh, dang. She's nice. got the big old eyes. Like, she yes. is. Like, she's kind of a cartoon character. Yeah, really she interesting is. Yeah. actress. Yeah. And, uh, and then we also see, of course, Jack's son, Danny Torrance, played by Danny Lloyd. And they're sitting around, you know, eating some peanut butter and jelly like a mom and son tend to do. So then, uh, you know, Danny's in the bathroom. He's looking in the mirror, which mirrors are kind of important in this movie. They come up a lot in some really interesting spots. And um, I can't help but, like, do this little gesture. I know no one can hear it, but he does a little, little, he talks in in a voice, and he moves his finger up and down, and uh, he's talking to what we learn is Tony. Mm Mm-hmm. Who lives in his mouth? A which boy is that lives in his mouth. Normal, yeah. Maybe I've never had a five-year-old kid, so uh, <laughs> yeah, I can't relate to that. I mean, I guess you know, just oh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so while he's talking to Tony, we see that uh, we see through the eyes of uh, Danny that he sees like this cascading blood and um going down a hallway so Ugh. it's you know the overlook hotel is what we learn what it is mm-hmm. and this like ends danny in like the seizure uh and there's a doctor that comes in to take care of him and check to make sure everything's okay the doctor's like yeah this this happens uh, we see the the doctor talking to wendy 
Um, they mention this past that Jack has, that Jack Torrance, the father, has of um, it was just one incident apparently where Danny was doing his schoolwork. His schoolwork was all over the room, and Jack came home late after a little bit of a bar, a bit of bar a drink night. Drink. Yeah, yeah. A fun guy's night out. <laughs> Comes home and just. Uh, just tugs on Danny a little too hard, apparently, mm. and dislocates his shoulder. <sighs> and oh. Wendy's just like, and oh. Wendy's like, oh, no, it's it's good. It's good because then Jack's like, I'll never touch another drop. Mm-hmm. If you see me, then you can leave me. Mm-hmm. So she thinks that's, she's really seeing the light at the end of the tunnel there. She's oh like, oh, great, he's not yeah. going to drink again. So this will never happen again. And, we yeah. <laughs> we know. We know. So, a cool thing that this movie does is it kind of it kind of goes through chapters where it will tell you what day it is. And, mm-hmm. it, it, like, a, with a title card, I guess. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. then yeah. I, I kind of, like, break it up. Like, oh, so next they're on closing day. Which, um, you know, we go back down that winding landscape mm-hmm. following that yellow VW bug of the Torrance family. And then... We go to the interior of the car, and it's kind of interesting because this is the first time we see the three family members together yeah, is true. in the car. Yeah. And what are they talking about? The Donner Party. <laughs> yeah. Cannibals. <laughs> Cannibalism. Cannibals. Great. <laughs> and I, I really like, um, I like when Danny, <laughs> Wendy's a little bit concerned, and Danny says, don't worry, Mom, I know all about cannibalism. <laughs> I saw it on TV. <laughs> no, but then... Jack's reaction, like, you hear that, honey? It's all right. He saw it on the television. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. like, like, oh. <laughs> oh so God. they get to the hotel, and uh, they kind of show them around, right, after that? They're, yeah. They give them a tour mm-hmm. of the maze and of the interior, the exterior, and of the kitchen. And right. then Danny meets Catman. Scatman? Catman. Yeah. Uh, which, what's his name in the film? Dick Holleran. Okay. Yeah. And there, um, Dick kind of surprises Danny by uh, talking to him telepathically. Yeah. Doesn't happen every day. <laughs> Maybe. Unless you're Danny, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> but that's where they kind of explain the whole shining. Dick has the shining. His grandma had the shining. It's apparently hereditary, I guess. Yeah. And. <laughs> Yeah, so they they can talk telepathically. They have this little heart to heart, and it's there's like there's a bit of a you know a warning to Danny. Yeah, at this foreshadowing. Time. Yeah, oh, yeah, and he says, uh, "Don't go into room two thirty seven. That's he right. Tells him that like that you have no business in that room. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And then that's uh, right after that, Danny sees the twins right for the first time. I think. Or is that uh, yeah, later? in the game room, right? The game yes, in, in the game, the game room. room. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. and then um, which so is then, totally creepy and ugh. Oh no, I know. it's so scary. <laughs> yeah. Um. So he, uh, he sees the twins, and then everyone leaves. Right? Everyone leaves the hotel, and so then they're by themselves. Mm-hmm. And then what happens after that? Um. So let's see. So they're all you know by themselves. It kind of cuts I think like to a month later at this yeah, point okay. and Wendy is talking to Jack and he mentions that he feels like he's been at the hotel before it's like mm. oh it's kind of like it's meant to be like they're supposed to be you know they're talking about if if they're happy there and they are apparently and he feels like he's 
been there before, mm-hmm. which is strange because not everyone's been, you know, whacked up in a hotel for yeah. the winter before. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, so, you know, everything seems really, really fine with the family. We don't see any sort of dynamic either way. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jack's working on his novel, not too successfully mm-hmm. at this point, but you see um, Danny and Wendy kind of exploring. They go through the maze, which mm-hmm. is cool. I would love that maze if I was a five-year-old, oh my God, even now. so awesome, <laughs> yes. Awesome. Oh, yeah, so awesome. cool. Uh, so, yeah, they're exploring the hotel. Everything is good. Tuesday, there's a storm on the news. Wendy's mm-hmm. watching the news. I think she's, like, preparing fruit. I think she's like yeah. dumping a big can oh of God, fruit yeah. into a bowl. I really o- always associate Wendy with food for some reason. I think it's kind of like her comforting nature. But yeah, yeah, yeah that true. is true because she like in one scene is bringing breakfast to Jack mm-hmm. and stuff. So yeah, that's true. I never thought about that. Oh my God, yeah. And then doesn't she say something like, "Hey, how about some lunch?" Like yeah, she's yeah. Like she's like, yeah, get your yeah. feelings away, yeah. <laughs> kind of, in a way. Yeah. You, oh my God. you always see her around food, and I've, I've noticed that. She's always serving food, mm-hmm. which yeah. is cool. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So then mm-hmm. Jack starts seeing the ghosts, right? Does he start seeing, or does he, uh, he sees, on um, what's his face, the guy that works at the bar, Lloyd. Lloyd. Oh, yeah. Lloyd the bartender. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, hey, Lloyd. Yeah. Like, he knows him. Yeah. Already. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah. And then... Lloyd is one of the creepiest characters in the whole film, I think. He is. Yeah, he's, he's so scary her. looking. He is scary looking. I think it's just the way that it's lit. Like, he just looks very menacing with, like, the bar lights behind him. Yeah. I don't know. It's... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. Well, and he's the enabler. Because then... Jack drinks. He does, yeah, in a in a bar with no booze, yeah. no other people, just the family there. And that's well, right, because they get rid of all the booze. And they yeah, say that. yeah, they <gasps> definitely make a point of being like, mm, "You're not gonna get a drink here." Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I don't think I ever put that together. I don't yeah. either. Wow. Yeah. And it's like once you see Lloyd, you're like, you're thinking, "What's going on with Jack?" Yeah. Yeah. Because then Grady shows up. Yes. And we don't know it's Grady, but he, but. Jack recognizes him. Oh, yeah, he does. So how does he recognize him? Does he see, like, does he just know it's him because he's been at the hotel before? No, doesn't he see, he sees him in a a newspaper? A picture of some kind. They've got pictures hanging up in the hotel. Yeah, there's pictures everywhere. Of, like, the past, like, parties and Mm -hmm. caretakers and stuff. Okay. So I think that's where he knows him from. But he was only there in, like, ten years ago or something, right? Yeah, because it was the 70s. So would there be pictures up? Oh, I don't know. Especially if he was, like, a disgraced yeah. person who killed his family. I don't think. But maybe he saw it in a in a news clipping because I, I feel like. Adds, it adds to the mystery. Yeah. yeah, but that's so weird because if it happened 10 years ago, like, in the 70s, then all these people at this party where he meets Grady are dressed up, like, in 1920s fashion. But then we bring that to the picture of him in the 20s. At the hotel. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's, okay, it's so weird. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's so weird. Getting into kind of, like, the theory of, like, what's really going on yeah, here? What's yeah. So, like, time doesn't seem to follow itself. It doesn't, yeah. It doesn't matter. Time is, yeah. like, irrelevant in this whole thing. Oh, my God. Okay. So, uh, Danny sees the twins again. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jack finds out that Grady is the guy that, you know, the butler that's there is Grady who killed his family. Mm-hmm. Um, but then Jack 
starts going crazy and uh, Wendy starts noticing she finds the papers that say uh, all work no play make Jack a dull boy right and then uh, she tries to hit him with a baseball bat yes (laughs) (laughs) so uh, after that uh, basically the ending is him trying to go after them right right Yeah. Yeah. yeah after like Wendy's swinging at him with a bat he falls down some stairs, hits his head, and is knocked out. And little old Wendy, who <laughs> no one ever, no one gives her credit, but she drags him. She doesn't just leave him and try to run away. Um, at this point, she knows that the snowcat and the radio are completely destroyed by Jack. Yeah. Because he admits that and in his rage. So she drags her husband into the kitchen, into the pantry, yep. where she locks him yep. up. And he pleads with her. Just, and he, he uses a little bit of sympathy, like, oh, I think I hurt my head real bad, Wendy. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God, what a baby. Mm-hmm, exactly. <laughs> it's just a bump. You're fine. No, you only fell down, like, three flights of stairs. <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> You'll recover. <laughs> oh, my God. And then he gets out because Grady lets him out, right? Supposedly. So there's some interesting theories around that as well because we don't ever see how he gets out. We know the door un- is unlocked and we know he's talking to Grady, who's a ghost who doesn't really exist. Yeah. So some there's a theory that maybe Danny let him out. Maybe Danny's possessed by the hotel. It's like kind of an underground theory. It's not because we don't know where Danny is at the moment. So you got to kind of think of that. You got to think oh of everything, yeah. like where everyone is. Yeah. It's three characters, really. Yeah. Well, because then uh Danny writes red rum on the door, mm-hmm. talking like Tony. Right. right? Saying red rum. Red rum. Red yeah. rum. Yes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and then, like, so creepy. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then he wakes up and is hugging him, and that's when she sees it in the mirror. Right. Reverse murder. murder. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So then Jack gets out, and he gets an axe, and he's chasing them. And then we have the classic scene where he gets into the room that they're staying in and he's knocking down the door and he says, here's Johnny, Mm -hmm. right? And Wendy pushes Danny out the window into the snow and she can't fit so she just tells him to run. (laughs) They had to make a really small window for her to not be able to fit. And like he can fit. (laughs) She's long, but I know. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. (laughs) But she tries at least. She tries real hard. I'll have to give her that much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Visually the scene where he's trying to get in and she's in the corner screaming is so great. Like that's so Oh my god, it's so like it makes you seriously like throw up in your mouth like it's so blood curdling yeah she can't get out she's stuck there yeah it's amazing so um how what uh, yeah i'm trying to even remember like how does she get out of that situation well then so danny's out they hear an engine of a snow cat yeah. dick to the rescue yay <gasps> that's right so jack's like well Gotta take care of this nuisance. <laughs> Goes out, hunts down Dick, and uh, gets him right in the chest. He kills him. Yeah, because Dick's, Dick's unarmed. He's <laughs> poor he's guy. Just wandering around, like just trying to help. Really, yeah. he came to the rescue, and he he didn't make it. No. But then Wendy gets away. Yes, she does. Thankfully, <laughs> she gets out, and Danny uh, is in the maze, and mm-hmm. Jack follows him into the maze. Right, and. Danny cleverly uh, retraces his steps in the snow. Yeah. And yeah. 
right? He's Way just... to go, kid. I never would have thought of that. But mm-hmm. you know. would have been like, I'm dead, I'm dead. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I'm dead. <laughs> but he does. He outsmarts his dad, and his dad gets lost in the maze. Danny gets out. Yes, and, he does. And Wendy and Danny take Dick's snowplow thing. Yeah, the snow cat. The snow cat, and they take off. Mm-hmm. And Jack freezes. Jack freezes to death. In the maze. And then the final scene, what happens there? So the final scene cuts to a hallway in the Overlook Hotel. Mm -hmm. And it kind of zooms in forward. And you see there's a few pictures on the wall. And they're all in black and white, of course, Mm because that was the time. And one kind of in the middle is a picture of a big group party. And front and center, who do we see? Jack Torrance. And the date... Of that photo, on the bottom, it says July 4th, 2000, or, ah, not 2000, what was the... Can you imagine the future? I know! I know. <laughs> it's in oh, the future. Wow. What could happen? 1920, I think, right? Yeah, 1920. 19, was it 20... Oh, wait, 21 or something? Wait, uh, oh, I have it. I don't know. Wow. I know this. Oh, wow. This is one of those things. <laughs> wow, guys. <laughs> it's in the notes. It's it's there yeah. somewhere. I think it's 1920. Yeah. Visually, this is what I'm imagining in my head. Right, we'll yeah. It. It's in the 20s. Okay. Yeah, 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 it's in the 20s. Close it's enough. July 4th, you yeah. know. <laughs> but so, he's there, magically. Yeah. Like he's been there before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's amazing. So I don't remember the first time I saw this film. I have very little memory of, of seeing this for the first time. I probably saw it on TV, but I really don't. I really have zero memory of the first time I saw this. What about you, Stacy? When was the first time you saw The Shining? Do you remember? I I think I do. So The Shining is so popular in culture. Yeah. And being the young age that I am ish, I guess. I mean, I wasn't around in the 70s and the eight, yeah. uh, I was late 80s, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um I watched The Simpsons a lot. I grew up on The Simpsons. Family always watched The Simpsons. And the first instance of seeing The Shining at all is when they spoof it on a Treehouse of Horror episode. Oh, oh my, my god. god. They call yes. it The Shinin. <laughs> Use your Shinin, boy! <laughs> and I remember that so vividly. Yes! Oh my god. As a kid. I don't know what year that came out, but after that, like, I really became a Stephen King fan in... Mm-hmm. Uh, middle school, okay. I started reading. Yeah. And then The Shining, you, you hear a lot about it. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure the first time I saw The Shining, though, was actually Stephen King's Made for TV. Oh, so so first The Simpsons. Yeah. Then The Made for TV. Yeah. I mean, no one's ever seen, yeah. No one's ever had it that way. Like, or they'll, like, read the book and then they'll see Kubrick's and then they'll see because Stephen King's version of the the movie came out after that so it's it's kind of backwards for me so i saw the made for tv version and i'm gonna be honest stephen king i love you you're perfect don't change a thing (laughs) but his his novels they do not translate very well in a lot of cases Mm -hmm. so i am used to seeing like a stephen like reading a book and then seeing the stephen king movie and i'm like "Eh," especially if it's made for tv you're just kind of like oh yeah but made for tv in general like who knows what i'm gonna get Right, this. yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the stories there, it's like it's like Stephen King has his touch in it. So I took it for what it was. I knew the story, hadn't read the book yet, but then I actually saw Kubrick's version of The Shining 
when I was in, let's say, like 11th grade. So mm-hmm. I was in high school. I was taking a film class, which was absolutely my favorite class ever. It was just half a semester, yeah. but it was so much fun because we got to watch these movies that I would never watch otherwise. Yeah. Like Psycho was one of them, like a big one that changed my life. I was like, this oh, that's is great. awesome. Yeah. So we watched The Shining, and first we had, like, a little intro to it before we watched it, Mm -hmm. and I was told Stephen King did not like it. It did not represent Stephen King's The Shining book. Mm -hmm. So I went into it knowing that, watched it, and I couldn't stand it. (gasps) Really? I thought it was beautiful. Like, I wasn't really into film at the time. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that much about, like, the process or anything like that. Directors, this and that. Like, I I knew about stories from, like, language arts class. You go and you dissect a story. So I knew that much. I knew about characters. And I did not like the characters as compared. Because they're different. Yeah. They are. And we'll get into that later. Mm -hmm. Uh, So when did you realize that this was a good film and you liked it? (laughs) It was, it was like... (laughs) I had to I had to separate the two. Yeah, you do. You have to Absolutely. and then I read the book of course because that's what I do. Yeah. And <laughs> it's it's like the book is great and but Kubrick's Shining is great too. It's visually beautiful and I I actually came to like the the really overish acting. Yeah in this movie because it it stands for itself. It changes the meaning which we'll get into, yeah. but I I like it and one of the things that really stood out to me is kind of as I matured, I grew up, like I started to know different people, and once you know someone who has gone through any sort of like addiction or alcoholism, or if you're going through it yourself, mm-hmm. it will completely change your perspective on a lot on a lot of things, especially this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. That's true. Yeah. How about you, Abby? When was the first time you saw The Shining? Um, Do you remember? So I was actually house-sitting for you. Oh, really? And I was like, <laughs> oh, The Shining, I've never seen this. So I, like, popped it in the DVD player, and after it was done, I was like, why do people like this? <laughs> like, I did not like it the first time I saw it either. I was, I was just like, oh, my God. It was so slow to me. Mm-hmm. Like, it just took forever to get going and i have i have read bits and pieces of the book but not like thoroughly read the whole thing right yeah so i was just like you know i watched it it's a classic whatever and then i watched it again a couple months later and i was like okay like this is visually it's really beautiful and i started to like it a little bit more and then um started to read like the different theories that people had behind it because it's a it's a Kubrick film like there's I think in um room 237 they talk about how everything that he does is intentional yeah he's not an idiot yeah no definitely not well he has like an IQ of what is it oh yeah he's a genius like he's an actual genius yeah yeah which um you know a lot of people will say too that like he was he was hard to work with and he's so particular but i think that's what makes his filming style so great yeah, and that's signature. yeah that's what made me appreciate it even more mm-hmm. after i watched it a few times and i was like you know this is actually pretty great yeah. like even if like cuz it's one of those movies that like i can watch every couple of years because it's so long it's like apocalypse now or something yeah. you have to dedicate <laughs> you have to like set aside a chunk of time to like watch this so um i re- i like it artistically and yeah. the story is 
Oh, it's great. It's I mean, it's so great. great. It's so deep. Yeah, so it deep. is. There's so, so yeah. many layers. <laughs> let's, so let's peel one layer. Let's talk about the characters. Okay. Jack, Wendy, Danny, Dick, and Grady, and even Lloyd if we want to. The twins and the bathing ghost. Like, let's, oh, let's oh yeah. <laughs> um, so Jack, yeah, he actually starts off this whole thing as a bad guy. Like, we learn right away that he hurt his son Mm -hmm. so we immediately have this feeling of we don't like this guy he's not like a yuck kind of guy like yeah he's a bad guy already in the beginning he is yeah do you guys think that that was something that was intentional like that to reveal that so soon uh or is that something in the book that is also revealed like fairly soon so is that like part of the natural part of the storytelling it isn't. It's so different than the book because yeah. Stephen King, he gives him a chance. Jack is Jack is trying in Stephen King's version. Yeah. Mm. And Stanley's just, he kind of strips the humanity from it and it's it's cold. It, Jack a, is a cold person. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Uh, but he does uh, get worse. He starts like, you can't really tell so much mm-hmm. that he's a really horrible guy. But it's just, it's all downhill from there. Yeah. Well, and I think the casting is super intentional. Like, oh, I yes. Think, I mean, Jack Nicholson, I'm sure, is a very nice man in real life. Oh, yeah. But <laughs> he's kind of different looking. Yeah. He is a little menacing looking. Oh, he is. He's sc- he is. He's scary, scary looking. He's scary like, like one of those guys that he's would got just too go many to teeth. the bar. You know? <laughs> he's like, he he the does. eyebrows get me. The eyebrows yes. are like, oh. Yeah, they come to a point too much. Yeah, like, do you like, pluck those? Well, what do you do, buddy? Yeah, like, oh, my God. But um, there was one article that I read, too, that mentioned that um, Stephen King didn't like Jack Nicholson Yeah, because mm-hmm. he had just finished filming One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, so yeah. people already had this predisposition that he was, like, going to be crazy. Yeah. yeah. And... Um, so he was afraid it he when he wrote the book he said that he wanted Jack to like slowly descend into madness and like bring his family with him and um he was scared that in Kubrick's version that people right off the bat were going to be like oh no like he's he's crazy yeah, so get out get out yeah like five minutes of the film but get out yes yeah <laughs> time yeah. to file those divorce so. papers yeah right <laughs> <laughs> get out of there Wendy so then let's talk about Wendy because Wendy is also extremely different from the book uh, Wendy in the book is this blonde woman who is like steadfast and is uh, a very strong person and Wendy in the movie is has black hair mm-hmm. I think Shelley Duvall I think Shelley Duvall does have lighter colored hair naturally it's really? not blonde yeah mm-hmm. you can tell from her normal. eyebrows because oh, it looks like she that. has no eyebrows in the movie. Yeah, and I'm I like, thought that was just how her... Girl, what you doing? <laughs> so, <laughs> so many eyebrows. <laughs> so her hair is black. So she's a completely different person. And she's a little bit more timid. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. She's a little bit more comfy and cozy. Mm-hmm. She's not as steadfast. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's different. And, and she is the complete opposite of Jack. 
in yeah. this film. Yeah. They are opposites. And they don't even really hold hands in this film. Oh, no. I know. I always got, like, the 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 idea that they just weren't meant to be together. And no, Danny yeah. And Danny kind of came along as an accident. And yeah. they were stuck. And I guess, like, we don't have to deal with that so much nowadays because yeah. independent women gung-ho right for the yeah. most part yeah but back in the days like i always think i'm like what happens you know you you get a kid and you're just you're yeah. kind of stuck because yeah even in the 80s it's like I mean, oh yeah obviously wendy isn't working mm-hmm. she's a stay-at-home mom yeah does she have an education like has she held a job before has she does she even talk about that i don't think so i don't think she might not have so yeah. she has no other life except this one. Yeah. Right. And no life that she can escape to to, uh, you know, bring this relationship up, I guess. So right. One thing for her, though, is so Jack's there to, you know, take care of the hotel. And Ullman mentions he has to check the boiler, which is a huge thing in the Stephen King version. But it's just kind of graced over here. You know, you got to do basic upkeep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who do we see checking the boiler? Oh, yeah. That's true. Wendy. She's the only person you see doing anything. Yeah. Other than him, Jack, writing. That's all he does. Writing yeah. and getting angry and throwing in a tennis ball. Yeah. She's checking the boiler. She's contacting the people through the radio mm-hmm. to make sure that it's yeah. working and that they know that they're there. She's making all the food. She's mm-hmm. checking up on Danny. Yeah. She is she's the one who should get paid. Like, yeah. I think, you know, people don't give her enough credit for what she really does. I think it it might be a little bit too early to bring up a, any kind of theory or anything. Sure. But, like, oh, while we're on the ahead. subject, it kind of makes me feel like it was Kubrick's nod to, like, family life mm-hmm. at that time. Mm. And maybe how, like, men were feeling. Like, oh, my God, I have this enormous pressure of being, like, a husband and a father and going out and being the breadwinner. And it makes you crazy. Like, you feel like there is no break from it, really. But on the opposing side, you have, like, your, quote, unquote, like, gentle wife who is actually behind the scenes running everything. So maybe it might have a tiny bit of, like, a feminist undertone to it, too. Right, and maybe Wendy isn't as timid or as weak as we assume she is. Right, because that's the the very first time I watched this, I was like, oh, my God, I can't stand her. Like, why doesn't she stand up for herself? Or, like, why doesn't she, like, basically tell him how it is? And I think the more you watch it, the more you understand her, so... Yeah, she's trying to just keep going forward. Yeah, just yeah. trying to keep it together. Yeah. Because she's trying to keep her family, and she doesn't want Danny to grow up with a single-parent household. Like, no one really Or with a really dad that's, that. like, yeah. falling apart. Or right. Or like with a household that's falling apart. Yeah. Right. So yeah. She's, she's just trying her best with what she has. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Wow. Okay. So, uh, Dick Halloran, how do we feel about him? He has the shining. Oh man, I love him. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, he is one of my favorite characters. <laughs> I want characters. him to be my grandpa. Be like, I know. Grandpa Dick. <laughs> you want some ice cream? Yes. Chocolate, please. <laughs> you want some ice cream, Doc? Yes. Oh my gosh. He's great. He's such a great character. So great. Well cast too, I think. Yeah, yeah for a, sure. He was a singer, a jazz singer, right? Well, with a name like Scatman. Like, yeah, got it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what is it, Crothers? Is it Scatman? Crothers, yeah. yeah. Scatman Crothers. I like it. <laughs> he's, a, he's a 
great actor too. Yeah, he, he is. is. He's so fun and you know, it's such a great change of of mood almost. Mm-hmm. You don't really have the lightheartedness at all until he comes onto the scene. Yeah. And uh I think that that's a, a great asset to the change of pace. It's, it sort of like helps you like get into it because it is it is a slow open right yeah he kind of helps move it along obviously he moves the plot along because he talks about the shining yeah gives you that nice backstory and that's Mm -hmm. important absolutely yeah i do feel bad though because in the book he doesn't die i know he actually like saves the day (laughs) yeah he's the one that saves the day what okay so what does he do in the book that's different in the movie so okay so in the movie right he gets uh, axed in the chest. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, in the book, he does bring the snowcat. Right. And does he blow up the hotel? Do you remember? I don't remember. I was trying really hard to stay away from anything to do with the book. I know, sorry. For, for, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no. I know. I'm like, no, oh, tell me. Just for this. Yes. It's sorry, like, guys. Sorry. I guess there's this this thing that happens, and I, I I guess other people have it too, where they combine both versions. I know. Stephen oh, King and doing? Stanley's, and you combine them, and it's kind of the perfect story, though, because you have the characters to back up with what's going on, but then once you get into the details of what's going on, because... When I was rewatching this, it's sometimes it's like, oh, where's the nest of bees and yes. all that and the, the hedge animals, the topiaries. Yeah. Where's that? Oh, it's not in this one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, okay. so, but he does, I, I can't quite remember, but he does save the day. He gets Wendy and Danny out of there. Oh, okay. Basically, and he survives. He survives. Oh, okay. Um, all right. But he does sense that something is wrong through the use of The Shining. Yeah. Danny contacts him and says that we need help, just like in the film. And so that's why he goes there. Oh, okay. Um, I just love how he has, like, all those, like, paintings in his house. I know. Oh, those beauties, God. those nude beauties. Yes. <laughs> it's so, it's such a bachelor pad. You see that and oh you're like, God. this guy, he's but a bachelor. He, he is a cook, so you you can kind of tell that he's a cook because. You work with well, yeah. cook. Well, I mean, speaking from experience, working in restaurants, like, I love, I love chefs and i love like all the different personalities that you see but for the most part they are like dirty like <laughs> they're dirty and hilarious and lovable so there you go yeah that's dick yeah got it. <laughs> so let's talk about the ghosts uh we got grady lloyd the twins and the bathing ghost uh what do we think of grady and lloyd creepy creepy yeah for sure but now you know they're there, but they're not there. And right. again, that's another another theory of um, is this all in Jack's head? Are these ghosts just a part of Jack's descent into yeah. madness, or do they really exist in some strange way? Especially since the alcohol isn't real, like we talked yeah. about. Right. So where is all of this coming from? Well, mm-hmm. I also thought too. Um, Danny has Tony. Yes. So maybe those are Jack's versions of Tony. Of a Tony. Yeah. yeah. So. That's true. So maybe Jack has the shining. Do we think that he has the I shining? Think I, if it's hereditary, because Dick says that it's hereditary. Yeah. His grandma has it. That's what I thought, yeah. too. Yeah. Mind yeah. Is yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much to this. There's, I know. <laughs> like, even I'll just be thinking, I'll be like, oh, I never thought of that. Yes. That's amazing. Yeah, I know. That's why I've come to like this movie so much over time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah because, like, Wendy doesn't notice any of of the strange happenings until the very end. Right. And that I don't think that necessarily means she has the shining. I think that Jack's Jack's shining is starting to produce images 
in front of her. Mm-hmm. Maybe Danny and Jack's shining is yeah. starting to produce like images that she's now able to see, especially since she's seen images that are different, like the dog man. Oh, and, the dog man. And the guy <laughs> that he's you know yeah <laughs> and uh, the weird skeletons that are super corny oh yeah yeah i love it totally, though like, i love totally, you never like, see a skeleton like other than that so it must be her interpretation of it right absolutely like they're kind of like they don't fit like, right nothing that she sees even the guy with the the axed head mm-hmm. with the blood coming from his head who says this is a great party isn't it yeah <laughs> jack danny they don't see these people she never sees the twins. She never sees Grady and Lloyd. So she doesn't see, like, the ugly... Or she only sees the ugly side of it, basically. Like, this is happening to Jack and Danny, and they they have a gift, so maybe they see it differently, but she doesn't have the shining, so yeah. she's basically taking it for what it is. Like, maybe, and she's yeah. seeing, like, all the residue of all this... But you're right. Like, she isn't seeing anything pleasant looking. She's yeah. the only one that's seen, like, death and destruction. I mean, Danny sees the twins, but, like, I just think it's really interesting that she never sees anything that they see. Right. She yeah. She bathing ghosts, like, nothing. Yeah. So that's something to think about. Yes. Mm-hmm. But if you look at it another way, too, she's always dealing with, like, the crappy aftermath that's left behind. It, so... That's, like, that's what she sees. Now that her eyes are, like, finally open to everything that's going on around her, she's like, well, this is gross. (laughs) (laughs) This is not right. Oh, my God. I love this movie. (laughs) It gets better and better. I don't know know. how it does it. (laughs) It's so true. So the twins... um, so we see Grady, who's the dad, and then the twins, who are his children. We Mm. never see the mom. Nope. So that's kind of interesting. Is there any theory that maybe the woman in the tub is their mom? Oh, I didn't read about that. That's a really good idea. Well, I, I haven't seen any of those theories, but that, like, popped into my head mm. when I was watching it the other night. I was like, because she is so re- – like, what the heck? Like, you walk <laughs> in on this, like, naked woman, and then, like, bam, she's, like, a creepy old lady. Yeah, that's kind like, of strange, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Is, she, is that the same person? Is that two different spirits? Like, is that a... Who you know? What is happening? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> what are the theories of the bathing ghost? Do you know any, Stacy? Or is she... I think... So, my theory is that these ghosts are kind of a mechanism to lure Jack and mm-hmm. Danny into mm-hmm. the hotel. Mm-hmm. So... Jack is uh, not the best guy, probably not too crazy about his wife. We never see any affection, yeah. as we've mentioned. He calls her a sperm bank. Oh, so, yeah. I mean, which oh, is gross, and bank. it, like, That's hurts. Crazy. It hurts to hear that. He cringe. Like, he oh, absolutely cringe at yeah. that. Yeah. So I think that that the, the bathing beauty is what lured Jack into the room, and he's like, oh, all right, he's right, right, ready to mack on her like crazy, yeah. like, oh, this is cool. I mean, he's like, all right, okay, <laughs> well, some, some. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! He takes what he can get. Yeah, I guess. Right? Oh no! But then another interesting thing is that. The true form, or like the grotesque version, he sees in the mirror. So that's another way mirrors are depicted in this movie. Oh, every yeah. time Jack's, most of the times when Jack sees a ghost, there's a mirror there. 
So oh, so it's like a reflection of himself. Mm. Wait a minute. Really? In the bar, oh. there's mirrors on the back. In the bathroom, where he sees Grady, yes. mirrors all over. Yeah. I'm blown away. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. So, it's so cool. Oh, my God. Okay, wait. <laughs> but one thing I honestly can't remember right now, who sees the... Is it a dog mask that the guy is wearing, or is it a bear? It's a dog. He's in the book. (laughs) It is in the book. It's a dog in the book, but it sort of looks like a bear. Because they talk about how there's, like, different bears placed throughout the movie. Like, in in the scene where Danny wakes up and there's a doctor there, there's a a bear pillow that he's laying on. And there was was something else. There's a bear uh, painting in Danny's room. There's like two yes. little bears. Yeah, Whoa. yeah. Above his bed. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I guess, I mean, it does, it is a bear. I think you're, you're right. It is a bear in the movie. Um, and, well, then, uh, you know, it. this might not have anything to do with anything, but, I mean, it's two men having sexual relations in this room, and bear is a term. It is, yeah. Yes, I, to- oh. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, and bear is a, is a term for a very masculine, hairy gay man. So I probably has nothing to do with anything. It but, could. But no, it, could. it really could. <laughs> yeah. You never know. With the crazy theories that are thrown out, that just might be number 376,000. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so wait. So do we have more characters to talk about, or are we on to, like, theories yet? Uh, no, those were the characters that we have written down. Okay. So we can talk. Well, I mean, we have the screenplay. Sorry, I'm like, can we please talk about theories now? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so let's talk about the screenplay. Okay. So the screenplay changed almost every day. Uh, there's even a behind-the-scenes footage of Stanley Kubrick typing up, like, a new script. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, oh, yeah. his mind is just always going. I know. It changed all the time. And then Jack Nicholson, like, talked about how he... Um, he wouldn't even look at the scripts that he got. Like, he would just wait until someone gave him a new script that day, and then he would look at it. And Good thinking, Jack Nicholson. <laughs> well, I think he was sick and tired of Oh, probably. Changes and changes. changes. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, so that was something that was kind of interesting. It changed so often to the point where there is no original script. There are some scripts in, I guess, London in these archives. Uh, oh. But they're... I, they're not technically the original filming scripts because okay. they change so often. They are versions of yeah. the scripts used, but they're not like finished ones, I guess, or they're not ones that were used in the film. So I guess you can read it online, but um, or, original versions of the script do not exist. Like a hard copy, like one version. That's There's crazy. So many. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, so that's kind of crazy and Kubrick uh didn't want uh his scripts published because he said uh, I mean he was a photographer before he became mm-hmm. a filmmaker mm-hmm. so he was all mm-hmm. about visuals he said that movies are made to be seen not read mm. so he never really had any of the scripts published either hmm. so yeah that's kind of interesting that it is, is. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. and of course Stephen King wrote a version. Oh, yeah, he did. <laughs> Poor thing. <laughs> Poor, Poor Stephen King. Waste I'm sorry. Got it. Uh, no. Didn't, like, Cooper call him? It was like, nope. 
I'm not going to use this, by the way. Yeah. And Stephen King's like, wait, what? I know. Oh, my God. So, yeah, so that was something uh, that was interesting. Uh, Diane Johnson also helped, and she was a horror writer, I think. I'm not sure what she wrote, but he really liked a book that she wrote, and so he wanted her to help. I don't recall what it was, but. I know, but I remember, like, she had wrote she had wrote uh, a book that he liked and wanted yeah. her on board. But he ended up changing a bunch of them anyway. Yeah. So, <laughs> what the heck, credited, Stanley? I don't know how much is <laughs> Yeah. Um, and so the set and the locations. So, Stacy, where does, where did Stephen King get the inspiration for the Overlook Hotel? He got it from, I believe, the Stanley Hotel when him and his family were staying there late and they were kind of closing up and they were the last ones there. Mm-hmm. It kind of, this idea came to him. And at the time he was struggling with alcoholism and drugs and he had a kid mm-hmm. with his wife. Yeah. So it kind of, he, he doesn't write autobiographically, but this is pretty much his baby. Yeah. yeah so that can, I can understand why he was sort of upset that his uh, a script was thrown away. <laughs> yeah. What um, the heck? <laughs> but it wasn't filmed there. So, like, the, uh, the uh, TV version that mm-hmm. you saw, right? I saw forever ago. Um, but that was filmed at the Stanley Hotel. It was, yeah. Yeah, but this one was in St. Mary... St. Mary's Lake, Montana was like the opening scene. The Timberlane mm-hmm. Lodge in Oregon was the outside. Right. And the inside was a Juani Hotel in California. And then a couple of other th- scenes were in studios in England. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and I mean, we can talk maybe about theories now because <laughs> yes. people have talked. <laughs> I just wanted to get this first. Sorry, no, no, you're fine. <laughs> but um, there are so many uh, inconsistencies with yeah. the way that it's it is in the inside and then of course the outside. They are logically yes, there are two different buildings, but like like we talked about, Kubrick is a genius. Mm-hmm. Like why would he do that? So mm-hmm. let's maybe talk about some of the theories with like how the hotel is inconsistent. What do we think about that? Oh. Well, <laughs> I mean, there's a there's a handful. Um, Maybe the impossible window. Yeah, in that uh, in Almond's office. Yeah, that should be a hallway. Yep. Yes, uh, and it's you okay? Yeah, <laughs> I just poked myself in the face with a microphone thing, so I'm like, oh, it's um, it's a, oh, the window logically shouldn't be there, which is kind of interesting, and then. There are parts where, you know, Danny is going through hallways that don't make sense. Yeah, mm-hmm. the famous, like, he's riding his big wheel all around, getting tracked by the steady cam, which was a pretty big deal at the time because this is the first, well, one of the first using the steady cam. And um, Kubrick actually got the inventor of the steady cam to work with him on this. Like, that's he amazing. Gung ho about it. I know. Isn't that cool? That is awesome. Like, I, I don't that. know a lot about films and cameras and stuff, but that, I was like, hmm. <laughs> That's cool. That's <laughs> impressive. <laughs> I can't do that nowadays. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and uh, you know, it's it's almost like it's meant to make us feel uneasy. Yeah, yeah. you disorient from where you, you don't know 
you're turning down this hallway and then this hallway and you're just following and it it doesn't make sense. Like apparently people have tried to track a floor plan and they can't because this would lead into that room and not into a hallway like it shows. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's disoriented. It's like the overlook itself is a maze. Yeah. Yeah. Which so is funny because there's a maze there. Oh. <laughs> Inside and outside, you can't escape it. Mm-hmm. You're constantly surrounded by it. Oh my god, this is awesome. Especially if your name is Jack and you die and freeze in a maze, then you can't yeah, escape. That, that, that really sucks to be you. <laughs> <laughs> but even like the carpeting and stuff in the hotel reminds me of a maze. It does. Like, yeah. With the little shapes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I have always thought that. I'm like, oh. Especially when Danny is, like, playing with his trucks and stuff like that, and he's got them all lined up perfectly. Yeah. I'm like, oh, and it's like a road. Like, the little ball. <laughs> yeah, right, it rolls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, almost perfectly on that line. Oh, my God. So yeah. creepy. Yeah. He totally did that on purpose. <laughs> totally. <laughs> so what other theories do you guys like that you heard from Room 237 or uh, just from conversation or the internet or whatnot? I kind of – I like – the Holocaust. Well, I t- wow, that sounded really bad. Yeah. I don't like the Holocaust theory, but I kind of that was not one that like immediately stood out to me. Mm-hmm. But when they were talking about like um, all of the numbers and mm-hmm. stuff like that, and yeah. all of the lists, I was like, oh wow, that's really interesting. That was something that you thought was plausible. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and like. Uh, they had talked about like all of the eagles and stuff like that throughout the hotel mm-hmm. and how that symbolizes um, like Hitler and stuff like that. And yeah. Nazi Germany. I was like, oh, wow, that's that pretty was crazy. That you could get behind. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. What about you, Stacey? What theory do you think stands out the most for you that you think is really like, yes, this is it. This is what The Shining movie is about. One theory, I, I mean... <sighs> They're all so interesting because I sit there watching the documentary and you're like, this this could be it. This could be it. Yeah. But one that's really kind of funny is the moon landing one. Because oh, my God. It makes that's you think. The one that I, I think is real. Not that I think the moon landing was fake, mm-hmm. but whoever put that together is a genius like they're like oh my god do do you not believe it do you not think that (laughs) i'm like the moon landing really (laughs) oh my god that's what i I know i know it's his confession no yeah (laughs) yes it's such a good theory yeah it's so great it's probably complete bs yeah exactly like finagled it to make it sound real Mm -hmm. seems real to me no i totally get that i do it's so it's fascinating it is what it is like no matter how much you actually believe in these theories Mm -hmm. it's so cool to think someone's like "Mm, it's definitely about the moon landing crack this one open yeah (laughs) Yeah. you know there are some of the theories in this uh documentary that really i think are like far-fetched some like the whole like his face is in the clouds didn't oh yeah. yeah i was like i'm not seeing it that maybe i was maybe i'm There's an no uncultured swine but i'm really not seeing this <laughs> no, right now it's not there that's right <laughs> yeah. maybe like, like shut your right eye and wiggle your nose at the same time you'll yeah. totally or see like, it <laughs> how they're talking about how almond is in the office and he stands in front of the paper, <laughs> the paper tray, tray. <laughs> and it's supposed to be a hard on you're like what are you like, how saying? do you see that? Like, I know. 
Kennedy. He's like, oh, Kubrick totally did that on purpose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's well, a joke. But you know what's so so interesting is that um, it's 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 like therapy for people to yeah. watch this film yeah. over and over. It's like listening to Pink Floyd over and over. <laughs> yes. And try and finding hidden messages. Or mm-hmm. like how some people watch Alice in Wonderland and they're like, oh. Got it. Like, yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. It's just a form of therapy. And so even though these, like, crazy, what we think are crazy theories come out of it, I mean, this is, like, helping these people, I think. Like, yeah. it's something that keeps them, their mind busy and their lives busy. And they're just like, this is, you know, and they're so detailed. Like, the moon landing one. Yeah. I'm like, I believe this. Even though <laughs> I don't believe the moon landing was fake. I believe this. But it's yeah. because this person, like, took their time and they really worked on this theory. And so that's kind of cool to see, like, this documentary. And, you know, so many people, I think, were disappointed with it because they were like, really? It's just the ravings of Mad Men. But uh, I think that's the point, kind of. Yeah. 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 We're going insane with the film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, like, everyone interprets it differently. It's like you, how some people look at a painting and you you all see different things. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I don't know. Were there, wasn't, there were a couple more theories, but, so you guys definitely think that it was, like, the moon landing Moon one? landing. <laughs> I want to believe landing. that. I, I just want to, like, the sweater is... <laughs> Just the idea that Stanley's like, all right, I'm gonna, I, I've got this heavy burden on my mind. Yeah, he's I like, have oh, to just gotta make clear the air, guys. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I don't know. I think, I honestly, even though I think the Holocaust one was super interesting, mm-hmm. I think that Danny is actually being sexually abused. That was oh, the one yeah. that like stuck with me the most. I was like, yes, that totally makes sense. So. Yeah, that was one that I think was extremely plausible. Mm-hmm. Like, I totally believe that. And you can too. totally make a horror film out of it. Absolutely. And yeah, yeah. So no, that's a really good one too. Yeah. Um, another one that I really liked is the. Uh, I mean, they even mentioned that the hotel was built on an Indian burial ground. Right. Oh yes, yes. Right. Yeah. And there's. I mean. This is the thing, though. Like, I lived in Colorado for a little bit, and so people were like, oh, my God, like, there's so much Native American stuff around. I'm like, yeah, because it's Colorado. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And I, so yeah. that's where I'm like, guys, it's a Colorado hotel. Yeah. There's going to be Native American stuff everywhere. Yeah. Like, that's just part of the culture of Colorado. Like, right. That's what's going to be there. Right. I never um, thought of it that way. I've never been to Colorado, so that's... It's everywhere. Mm, okay. It's, you know, I mean, it's not... But what about the baking soda or baking powder? Yeah, right. (laughs) Oh, my God. I must say, I didn't care what kind of baking. I don't know if it's baking powder or baking soda. I think it's baking powder. But that's always the one I go to get now. Absolutely. (laughs) I'm like, this is the one. You're like, I'm the shiny. You're like the Shinnin. Yes. (laughs) Shinnin. Sold me. Product placement, done. (laughs) Done and over with. Yes. Oh, my God. That was a good idea on their part. Yeah, it it was. was. (laughs) Yeah, but, too, did you notice? So... The part where, like, um, Halloran is showing him around the pantry, mm-hmm. um, obviously we all notice, like, the baking powder and stuff like that, but he asked Danny what his favorite food was, and he says, oh, it's ketchup and fries, and they put Heinz ketchup right at the eye level, like, when you're oh. scanning through the pantry, and I was like, look at that, oh my god. Product placement, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it works. 
I but know. it didn't get in the way. I hate when product placement gets in the oh, way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, or they make it, like, super place. obvious. Like, when they make music videos and they have cell phone comp- companies sponsor them and they have to show them, like, texting on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, we have AT&T or whatever. And it's yeah. like, no. No. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> We're digressing. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, I think the music is super important. Yes. In this film. Yeah. So important. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it gets it crescendos at parts that aren't really that interesting. Mm-hmm. It is non-existent in parts where there's a lot of tension, mm-hmm. uh, and it almost seems to almost magically fit the film in other places. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of all over the place. In the article that I sent you guys. Uh, we read we read that uh, in uh, Jer- Jeremy Barham's uh, book. Uh, he talked about uh, in the book incorporating monsters that uh, the film was edited around yeah. certain music. Crazy, because yeah, Kubrick heard the music and he was like, "Okay, we need to like film this around." Like you said, and I was like, "Wow, that's bananas!" That yeah. he was able to do that successfully. Yeah, he gave the editor the music and he was like, "Make this film." fit around this song and the guy or girl whatever who did it was like okay and so <laughs> okay <laughs> it fits like the film so the music is made to to almost be like a character in itself is edited within the film mm-hmm. so you know normally music comes after but this time it came before i thought that yeah. was really strange really? definitely yeah. different different like approach to it yeah different approach yeah it was treated almost like as just as important as another character which mm-hmm. is kind of cool yeah uh what do you think of the uncertainty of the music though like when the twins first arrive when danny sees them he um you know the music is kind of like stagnant almost and then there's scenes where danny is on his uh little tricycle thing and the music's like <laughs> but like nothing happens yeah do you um, think that adds to the uneasiness or is yeah. it annoying what it's do you think? it adds it made me very very uneasy yeah <laughs> so for sure. sure like oh what's 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 around the next corner yeah. you don't know because music is a cue yeah mm-hmm. and so you wait for the cue to be frightened and it heightens the tension right even though mm-hmm. nothing happens it's like yeah. a jump scare it yeah. is yeah it never comes it's like when you're playing a video game and you know there's a boss battle coming because it's like, <laughs> me, 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 and you're like, oh, oh God, no. oh, no. My fingers are going to get so sore. Yeah. <laughs> start shaking. <laughs> a little sweat forms. I hate that one. The controller gets sweaty. Oh, yeah. it's bad. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, man. But I love, I don't know why, but I love the part where there is zero music in the background and Danny is riding around on his big wheel and he goes from wooden floor to carpet to wooden floor and it makes that like noise on the floor yeah it's so abrupt it's it great is. it's so like it's it's there yes yeah, that's like, almost like a scare in itself because mm-hmm. it's like right the carpet like silent and then brrr, like, <laughs> yes silent. you're like oh god poor wendy is probably like oh god oh. <laughs> <laughs> i've gotta dump all this fruit in a bowl and feed them <laughs> <laughs> they're scaring the crap out of me they don't deserve this <laughs> fruit for you <laughs> Oh, my God. Okay, so closing question. Yes. Stephen King's views uh, on the film are poor. He doesn't <laughs> like it. Yeah. All, He's not a fan. No. He's not a fan. Um, his response uh, was, 
yeah, that he, uh, it was nothing like his novel, like whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, do you, so you made a really good point. You said that it's semi-autobiographical. And so he has maybe a special place in his Oh, heart. yeah. He is yeah. like, he's attached to this. Yeah. This to this character. His story. His story. Yeah. Not someone else's story. Yeah. So the fact that someone's basically playing with your life is, you know, your life story right here is, yeah. you know, is a little, like, sensitive, right? It he is. He feels a little sensitive probably about it. Well, maybe he felt a little bit... Um, not unflattered. I don't think that's the word that I'm looking for, but like he was like Stanley Kubrick was like, yeah, I like your idea, but mine's better kind of thing. Absolutely. So he was like, oh, well, <laughs> yeah. You I know. mean, to the point where he makes another film, he has another yeah. film. Yeah. He's made. like, screw you, Stanley. <laughs> <laughs> this is how it should be. <laughs> and I'm going to have it at the Stanley Hotel, the real one. And it's going to be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and there will be topiaries. You betcha. You You'll betcha. see. <laughs> <laughs> Why people they blonde just how it's supposed to be? <laughs> oh no! Oh my gosh! Of course, uh, you know Tony in in the movie uh, is sort of we don't really know what Tony is. He's probably this imaginary character. He's a part of The Shining, but in the book, it's an older version of Danny. It is, yeah. It's supposed yeah. to be. So it's like the future Danny. Is, oh. is telling him what's happening. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. There's a lot of time warping that's going on mm-hmm. here. Absolutely. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Uh, do you guys think that this is the best adaptation of a Stephen King novel, despite what King feels? Or do you think that that's sort of just hyped? Because everyone says, like, this is the best Stephen King movie, and it's the one that he hates. Do you think that that's just talk, or do you personally agree with that statement? It's okay if you don't. I don't think it's a Stephen King story. I mean, the bare yeah. bones yeah. are a Stephen King story. It's kind of like when you play a game of telephone, and it mm-hmm. starts out one way, one one mm-hmm. way. You, you, you have the basics yeah. in Kubrick's version, but you, you don't have all of it. You don't yeah. get it all. Right. But you get you get a different iteration of it. Yeah. Right. I think a lot got lost in translation, really. Yeah, so so. The, so even just calling it a Stephen King movie is almost, you know, not you, you can't do that because right. it's not his. Mm-hmm. I feel like they shouldn't have said, you know, based on the novel by Stephen King. Should they maybe inspired by the novel? Yeah, yeah, I think that's yeah, and that's probably why it didn't do so well among Stephen King fans. Yeah, because it it's not the same. You read right. the book and then you go see this version and you're like this is not how this happened yeah this is not right absolutely yeah Hmm. wow yeah so i mean stephen king said that the real difference between his take on the characters in the story of the shining and then kubrick's take on it was this and i quote in my novel the hotel burns in kubrick's movie the hotel freezes yeah there you go. Mm-hmm. Wow. Thank you guys so much for coming in. Thank you, Stacy. Oh, yeah. It was a yes. great time. Thank you. <laughs> on the show. It was fun. I really hope I that know. you can come back and we'll talk about another movie yeah. that you really like. Yes. Uh, and thank you all so much for listening. Next week, Abby and I will be talking about the film that threw the now critically acclaimed horror director James Wan into the spotlight, Saw. 
directed by James Wan and written by Lee Wan now? I don't know. We'll get it later. <laughs> yes. We'll see you guys there. Bye-bye.